Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola. On the remote is Mike Simon. In studio with Lake Johnson. Hello. And the most important man in the room, still for 2019, Dan Masaroka. Good morning, Roman. Dan's the most important man in the room, as he just proved a couple minutes ago, because we had a few little technical difficulties, but Dan got us through it. He may or, so. been, may, or may not have been to blame for them. <laughs> <laughs> but the other reason why he's the most important man in the room is because he is monitoring our Twitter and YouTube feeds for your comments and questions. If you guys have any thoughts, ideas, questions, uh, exclamations, anything about what we're talking about today or about Apple and tech in general or about the new year, uh, let us know. And Dan will chime in with your guys' uh, thoughts. I'm going to make up a question from the audience. That is, okay. uh, uh, do any of you guys have any New Year's resolutions? This is. Mm. I'm gonna. Yeah, I didn't talk about this. Uh, is, is this is this tech tech related or personal? Or just per, uh, personal? Yeah. Personal. Okay. Uh, I have an odd one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's go for it. I like odd ones. So, uh, uh, and I'll preface it as to so. As people, if regular watchers know, I wasn't on the podcast for a while. I had I had a medical thing come up, and because of that, I lost some weight. And so I was trying to figure out what can I do to keep this weight off. <laughs> and so I thought the thing is, I can never go on a like a hard diet because I just don't have that discipline. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, you know, I'm, I'm going to cut carbs or anything like that because I just don't have that discipline. I'm Filipino, so I eat a lot of rice. <laughs> rice and meat. <laughs> yes. So I can never do anything like that. So what I my resolution is I'm going to stick to a single serving portion uh-huh, okay. of a meal. Okay. So nice. I won't go back for seconds. That's Good. that's my uh, resolution for – we'll see how long that lasts. Oh, great. Good luck with that. <laughs> that. That still takes some discipline. Yeah. Right. So, But anyway, so that, that was my resolution. So. Uh, a quick question from uh, Twitter. Uh, Leif, did you lose your hat? Uh, you know, I'm growing my hair back, so, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes I like it. But, you know, when I'm on camera, the thing is I take off my hat and messes up my hair. So, you know, uh, yeah, so that, that's the main reason. But believe it or not, I actually did lose my hat. Uh, I have another one that did it with the normal, like the kind of like Irish one. I normally, I cannot find it. So I, I didn't know you had hair. I'm not, I'm not making a joke. Yes. As, long as, I've, as long as I've known you, you've had a sh- I just assumed it's you went bald at a young uh, age and just said, I'm going to shave it off. The funny thing is, the thinning that I have, I have a feeling it's because I wore hats for so many years in hot-ass Texas. So, uh, yeah. So it's kind of related. Yeah. Is that a true thing? Because that's what I've been told. So. If you wear hats more often, I you don't tend think to lose so. your hair. They said that if it – I have seen stuff that, like, if it is, like, you know, ridiculously hot, which it was. So it's uh, tied into the weather. Yeah, right. and, and that, it could, like, kind of makes burn sense. out the follicles. But they right. said it requires extreme situations. But that was pretty. Extreme. I've been wearing a hat for like twenty-five years, and I tell you, <laughs> my my hair is fine. But is it a hundred and five for six well, months some, out of the year? Sometimes, not not every day, but <laughs> yes. yeah, it's 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 been hot, I guess. I, th- I think it's bald people who are like who, who it's yeah. like it's not my fault. It's they the just want to make up excuses. It's the hat's fault. I mean, I'd be happy shaving it back off. So. <laughs> I have a gigantic head, so I have a hard time finding hats that fit. Yeah. So oh, me I too. Yeah, hats so don't look good on me either. Yeah. yeah, and they don't look good on me. So, it's... anyways, do you have a, any resolutions, Dan? I do not. I feel like I'm too distracted by a lot of little projects around the house right now that I haven't had time to think mm. about one. Um, but I probably will within the next couple of months. Yeah. How about you, Mike? 
Um, nothing too crazy. I've been I've been on like a like a regular ex, uh, exercise regimen for about I don't know five to six months, and I'm gonna try to resolve to continue doing that for all of 2019. All right, sounds good. All right, that was a little little you know a little catch up from the yeah. Yeah, because we've been away for a yeah. little while. But, but so. what are Apple's resolutions? That's so, the question. Everybody cares about mine is to write more. But yeah. That's a great transition there. It's a great transition. One of Apple's resolutions is to talk about their earnings. Make more money. Make more money, but in a different way. <laughs> sell, so, sell more phones. And to sell more phones. And uh, also to get their services out there more through some products that were released at CES. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Apple's presence at CES. But first, we're going to talk about, I guess, more dramatic news that happened before the end of the year that Apple made a revision to its uh, Q1 2019 earnings estimates. Uh, that was in the new year. It was like it was wasn't like January it the new year? second or third or something. Right. Yeah, it, was, it, was, right. it was right right over the hump. You're yeah. right. So I was, I was out for a couple of weeks, so I wasn't paying attention much to anything. So... Uh, you're right. It was it was on it happened on January second, right mm-hmm. after yeah. the New Year. So they made a revision. They review re, they revised their revenue to be to an estimate of approximately eighty four mil billion eighty four yeah. billion only eighty four billion. What right. is going on? As opposed to what was it before? <laughs> like eighty nine. It was eighty nine to ninety three was the range. Yeah. So. And a few other or things. Or maybe so, 91. It was something like that. Right. So they, they reduced their estimate by as much as $9 billion. Or, or 7 or something. But it's it was significant, whatever it was. Yeah. So, and, I might be wrong about the 93. And the reason why they had to make this uh, revision was because they were basically saying that uh, iPhone. iPhone sales aren't happening in China. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Um, that's what they say. Well, that's what they say. Right. Yeah, there was a saying. lot. There was a lot more to that letter <laughs> than just sales are poor in China. Yeah. yeah. And that is a that is a part of it. I'm I'm sure. But there's there are other aspects as to why their revenue took you know a dip year over year, a pretty significant one year over year, where people were expecting it. You know, maybe to even kind of come close to a hundred billion. It's now less than last year's. Um, yeah. I think it was what was it eighty nine or ninety last year. So. Mm-hmm. It's this isn't just China. Let's yes. just let's be clear right. about that. No matter what Apple wants us to think. Well, it was interesting because in his letter to the employees, not the letter to the investors, he said towards the end, he says, "Now there have been some external factors in play, but we're not going to lean on those." Which you know, in the letter to investors, they totally did lean on those. Yeah, yeah. and the, yeah, the, you're right. The letter to employee was way clearer, plainer, and 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 was more culpable. It said, "Listen, you know, we're we we didn't." see a bunch of factors that were coming up on us in the fourth quarter or the first quarter, their first quarter. And this is what happened. It's not the end of the world, no. as a lot of people like to think it is. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, the first revision they've had in I don't know, probably like a decade or, or 10 to 15 years. It, it, it's been a while. And it just speaks to the fact that, you know, iPhone sales, they, they're just they're not growing like they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing is I was sitting out. I'm not familiar with i'm not educated in the idea of like financials and projecting sales and things like that but so but so i'm gonna theorize here and i don't i don't know if i'm to- i might be totally off base let but, us have a roman so so 
Apple. Wouldn't so be the first person. Tim, first person right, exactly. I wouldn't be the first. Apple's financials, so don't worry about it. So Tim Cook used to be Apple's COO, right? Uh-huh. Yes. So wouldn't so things like this, things like estimating demand in China or and and things like that, isn't that supposed to be his forte? Isn't is you know? I mean, at the at the time he was COO, uh, yeah, channel inventory, all that stuff, but. You know, a lot of it is is just predicting the future, mm-hmm. and you right. can't do that with 100% accuracy. Yeah. I mean, he he's been CEO for what has it been now, seven eight years? It's been a while, yeah. And he has been on the money every single quarter. I mean, let's right. give the guy some credit. Right. We, we we can't say that oh you 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 screwed up, so you you deserve to be fired. Mm-hmm. You know, the, he he's right. There are a lot of factors, and he you know Apple got it wrong. Samsung got it wrong too, we should note, because yesterday they revised their forecast as well. So there are factors going on yeah. that accelerated in the in the fourth quarter of 2018 that a lot of these tech companies didn't foresee. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and uh, you're talking about his former role. You know, Apple's stock and everything has been going up for so long, the trillion. There's right. a lot of pressure, really. To, I know you've got to be honest and stuff to make it, you know, yeah, it's totally going to be going. Because if he was realistic and was by, you know, ahead of time, well, we don't know about demand. And, you know, everybody would be doing the same thing they're doing now. Horror, yeah. horror. Right, right. And it, and it did, by announcing they weren't going to announce iPhone numbers, mm-hmm. That was kind of a signal that said, you know, right. listen, we don't think numbers are going to be what they, what you want them to be, or right. what they normally would be. So the stock was was pretty much tanking before the announcement, and now it's, you know, it's at a relatively level plane over the last, I don't know, it's, I guess it's been about a week. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Tim Cook, I don't think Apple really cares too much about its stock price. They have billions and billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars at their disposal, regardless of the earnings per share price, mm-hmm. and. You know, they're still one of the, if not the largest company in the world, depending on the day. Yeah. So this is, it's a, it's a blip. It's a problem. They need to fix it. And I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the bigger thing is here is that the iPhone isn't going to be Apple's number one device right. forever. Right, it just right. isn't. And Apple's so, been planning for that, that for they a have. couple of years now. So, yeah. And we're starting to see, and we'll get into this later with the stuff at CES and wearables and all that stuff. But the Apple has been working for a post iPhone world, just like Steve Jobs worked for a post Mac world. Yeah, right. It's and and during those transitions, and I don't even know if we're in one right now, but it it, it will come soon if it's not right now. Mm-hmm. It's messy. Yeah. And the stock drops and yeah. all this happens. You know, Apple stock plummeted before the iPhone came out. It plummeted before the iPod came out. This happens. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the end of the world, but it is out of character for Apple in you know this in right. this era that we're in. And it's, Steve has a quick question. Uh, how does shrouding the iPhone numbers um, and, and, and these numbers in general benefit the actual Apple investors? Well, as far as the benefit of the investors, the, a lot of pressure was, or, or a lot of stock was placed on that iPhone number, 48 million, 70 million, whatever it was. Without that, you can look at you know just strictly financials, and and the the, the growth doesn't have to come from unit sales, which is tough. Mm-hmm. So because if, if if unit sales drop by two percent, all of a sudden this, this, the stock went 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 haywire. Without that pressure, and you're just looking now at revenue from different segments and revenue overall, that's a that's an easier metric for Apple to show growth in. Mm-hmm. 
And it was I, I want to say one thing before I forget is in his letter to the employees too. He also pointed out that every you know a lot of other things were up iPads yeah, and, sales and yeah, services, yeah. and yeah. that's what we you know and you know he was saying like iPads were up by double digits. And yeah, how many of those were returned because they were bent? Huh? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that's kind of fallen off of the the wayside. Yeah, always week. that's 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 what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So then, we, we move on to the next thing. Well, the thing is, like the iPhone 6, you know, it, yeah, it fell off because Apple actually implemented a policy. But I uh, haven't really seen anything like that. Yeah. So I have yeah. a question then. Um, how much, because I feel like a large part of the reason why, obviously, their, you know, their, their earnings aren't nearly as high is because of a reduced demand for phones, right? So yep. I guess the question is, how much of that do you think is because the phones have not been... Uh, an improvement enough or is it the price um you know or is it because people are just saying like you know because of both of those other two things they're just keeping their phone longer and yeah. and doing more of a repair you know replacement battery did the replacement battery program you know was that a big impact yes. I'm gonna uh, say, i'll say yes which which yeah, of those do you think is the most you know, biggest reason. I think the biggest reason is that people are holding onto their phones more, and because not necessarily because features are are, are incremental, but because technology is basically caught up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the 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 big jump in like processing speed and stuff like that isn't happening as much as it is anymore. Yeah. So, um, so people can hold on to their phones longer now, and so I think mm-hmm. I I personally think because I see. All the time when I'm on the bus going to work, mm-hmm. people are still using iPhone 6s, mm-hmm. iPhone 7s. The, the, I, I'm seeing more notch phones, mm-hmm. 10s and 10s's, but I see a lot of home button iPhones. Yeah, yes. And people and are holding while, on to those yeah. phones longer because they yeah. last longer. And, you know, a lot of people only use you know, texting and email and, you know, maybe they'll play a game, but it's not a very sophisticated game. So it doesn't require a lot of processing, their cameras and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to jump to the latest and greatest all the time. And I have often so. wondered if people are actually kind of afraid to go over to Face ID because, you know, everybody always talks about, I still got my my home button, you know, and that, that's when they talk about holding on, that's what the main thing they always go to. And I used to be one of those people, but, uh, you know, I do it now. And now the home button seems so backward. Um, but yeah, uh, so. the And I think price is, is, a, is a huge yeah. factor as well. And that, yeah. I mean, yes, yes, they're expensive. But the, the, the bigger thing here is that customers are now being asked to foot the entire price mm-hmm. of the phone and see right. it. Mm. So before they were two, three, four hundred dollars depending on your um, storage. Mm-hmm. People can walk yeah. into a, a store, drop 200 bucks and walk out with a new iPhone. They cannot do that anymore. Yeah. They're paying and they see forty dollars a month, thirty dollars a month, fifty dollars a month. And I'll just use my own example of, of my mom. She has a, a iPhone 6S, which is actually my old iPhone 6S. Mm-hmm. And she, <laughs> you know, I was talking to her about upgrading it. And she said, well, you know, I, I went to the Verizon store and I don't want to pay $750 for a new phone. And I tried to explain to her that you always were paying that before and it was baked in. She doesn't right. care and people don't care. Yes. The bottom line is they're paying that much money for a phone and she says well i don't really use it that much so then you start looking at well do rather than 200 bucks that's no big deal mm-hmm. at 750 you start evaluating okay do i need it what do i use it for what you know is it that important to right. me and then you know you say well i'll wait till next year mm-hmm. i wait two years whatever it is and 
It's all these things that are factoring 10% of the buyers here, 10% of the buyers here, all factor into uh, a, a, a dip that's enough to cause alarm. Yeah. On a more mundane level, I also want to say that, you know, we had talked in previous podcasts, like, you know, about a year ago, that, you know, because they were talking about how this was going to be like a, you know, cleanup year. And every, I mean, last year was going to be like a cleanup year for iOS yeah. and stuff, a maintenance year. And, you know, we, I remember we had, you know, is that going to affect sales? Because, you know, it's not going to have that awesome new stuff. So, you know, not only are we, you know, we're talking about the processors and everything, but, you know, the actual experience of using it is not yeah. as... Magic. Yeah, there's very little reason to go from a 10 to a 10s. Yes. Probably, yeah. probably the least since Apple has been making these phones. Mm -hmm. It's just if you want the bigger screen, the the, the Max is there, but um, the ink it's very incremental from the 10 last year to the 10s this year. Mm -hmm. If phones were, we'll just say, a hundred dollars cheaper, do you think that they would have had more total profit or or? I mean, it's hard to guess. Yeah, but. I think I think it would have probably made up that four billion that they that they lost. Sure, Especially with the that's a that's a that's a significant dip, a hundred bucks. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that I think that if they would have announced the iPhone XS at eight ninety nine, mm -hmm. and the iPhone XS Max at nine ninety nine, mm -hmm. that would have made a huge difference in how people perceive the upgrade and perceive the phone. Yes. By making the XS Max ten ninety nine, that is a psychological crazy barrier that I think people held off on. Yeah. And then he said, "Well, I don't really want the XS. I want the big one. I'm going to wait." And then the XR came out, and that screwed everything up. And I think that it was it was it was planning. It was the the breakdown of the models, and I think the the pricing structure was was a little out of whack this year. So Apple, if you're listening, we all want yeah. cheaper phones. I'm sure, I'm sure they're, <laughs> they're they're listening to my advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I guess where where do you think Apple will earn more money in the future? Like you know what's what's their future? You were saying before it was you know they were they were on the Mac and the phone was like the next mm -hmm. big money maker, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. What is their next big money maker? Well, yeah, well, Apple. Uh, yeah, this is this saying, is a teed up yes, for a transition this, room. This, this, uh, <laughs> Apple has said that. Well, I don't know if they've outright said, but they have shown that they believe that their services is where they're going to be yeah. making their money in the future post iPhone era. So, and as evidence of that, we saw a lot of movement in services with, in regards to CES. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a fairly shocking amount of yes. movement. So, uh, CES is happening right now. It's the Consumer Electronics Show. It's in Las Vegas. It happens every year in January. Uh, it's basically the big showcase where uh, companies show their new wares. Uh, Apple, I don't think they've ever they've they've never gone to CES. Not in recent memory. Yeah, so I don't think they've ever been there because it was usually MacWorld. Yeah, they, used they to had do, like do, the same week, right? Or they a week after Mac or whatever. Expo. Yeah. And then they even uh, got ducked out of Macworld Expo. They, they were like, we don't need to do this trade show stuff yeah. anymore. So, um, yeah, so CES is where a lot of electronic stuff is, is showing. And um, Apple, even though they don't have a physical presence there, they, they have been uh, announcing that, well, Apple hasn't announced any deals, but a lot of TVs uh, and other products have been announced that have apple features so yeah, they're for home cut. yeah so a lot of 4k tvs have come out with uh with uh 
AirPlay 2 and, and uh, HomeKit support. Right, AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support. There was a big, big announcement with uh, Apple and Samsung. Yeah, shocking. So, like huge. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't think it got enough attention, to be honest. It was, that was like, I was, I was on my couch with my kid on a Sunday afternoon and I got an email from Samsung. I said, holy God, what? Mike, can, so you, what, can you explain what the deal is? Sure. What they're doing is Samsung in the, in spring of, of 2019 are, is going to install an iTunes movies and TV show app on their 2019 televisions and then shortly thereafter their 2018 televisions. That means you're going to be able to watch iTunes movies, watch by rent without having an Apple TV hooked up to your Samsung television. That is bonkers crazy. That's like, that's that's as crazy as uh, Windows Explorer being pre-installed on Macs in, in, in the 90s. Yes. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, these are bitter rivals. And Apple has never allowed an iTunes app on a non-Apple device, ex- well, they, they, except for PCs. And Samsung, of all people. Yeah, it's like, wow. So first of all, it's Samsung. Second of all, this opens up now Roku, Fire TV, all those different um, competing boxes. Mm-hmm. And the big question is, I have a Samsung TV. Mm-hmm. They make excellent TVs. A lot of people buy them. I have an Apple TV 4K hooked up to it. Why do I need to buy one? If the I have a Samsung TV, what's the point now? All of the apps are available, Netflix, Hulu, whatever you want to do, HBO, they're all available on the Samsung Smart TV. I use it for iTunes. That's the reason why I, I have the box, because I have hundreds of movies and my kid uses it and we, we, we watch a lot of stuff. Once that app becomes available, why do I need an Apple TV 4K? I'm going to say I don't think the Apple TV sells that well to begin with. This Perhaps is Apple per positioning itself to go into the services jump, and it's Maybe putting so. its its pieces in play. It and was a hobby. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we always Johnson said it was a hobby. It as a hobby. Yeah, yeah, he always said it was a hobby. And maybe this is where the hobby was ultimately leading. I, I don't know. but <laughs> Or it, yep. Consumer Life asked this question. Is this just a sign of Apple's desperation? No. I mean, I think it's something that's been worked on for a little while. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it definitely speaks to Apple, I'll say finally, for lack of a better word, understanding where the industry is heading. Yes. Apps, yes. people don't want, you know, boxes with apps on them. They want everything in, in, in one device. Yes. Everything as a service. And that's what, you know, Apple is starting to figure out that, you know, when we say services, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't just mean mm-hmm. iCloud. Right. It could be, you know, you can, it's the video service and Netflix. It could be a phone. You can have a phone as a service. It could be a tablet. It could be a Mac. You know, everything can be a service yes. in, in the sense that you're, you're always paying for it and you're not right. you know, paying that's a bunch of money up front. Yeah. I will say that too, going back to what I was saying, the Apple TV is the only Apple device I've never felt on some level like, I got to have it. I want a HomePod before I want an Apple TV. Sure. I, the only reason why I have to have it is to watch iTunes movies because I have a lot of them. Yes. That's it. And so. you're right. Once once that iTunes app is on other devices, it becomes much less of a, of a product that you need. To, it doesn't really offer anything. The interface is fine. There's nothing great about it. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's a way to watch iTunes, and once you're there, I use it for Netflix and Hulu and stuff because it's just I don't want to switch the input. Yes. But once I don't need to go to it, I don't. I, I, it's going to sit there and collect dust. Yeah, I think it was a better idea before every TV was a smart TV. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So the other question is why haven't if if Apple is doing this, mm-hmm. why hasn't Apple teamed up with someone to put Apple TV on a television? Mm-hmm. 
you know, like 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 Roku did with I think it was TLC or or, or Amazon does it with um, I can't remember the the brands, but but you can buy a TV with Fire TV installed with Roku installed on it. Mm-hmm. W- will we get to the point where you can buy a Sony television with Apple TV installed on it? I think this year we might be seeing more of that with uh, yeah because I think that this is when they're actually going to start announcing the services. Yeah, I th- well, I think yeah. for sure. Tim Cook kind of teased that yesterday in that interview with uh, Jim Cramer where he said, we have some services coming down the pipe that, um, you know, are ex- whatever whatever word he used. But it's it's just, it's interesting. That used to be Steve Jobs' line mm-hmm. where he would say, we have some great new products in our roadmap, not a video service, a new iPod, a new, I, mm-hmm. uh, a new iMac, whatever it was. And that would get people crazy. Now, now... <laughs> Tim Cook's teasing a video series. We're teasing Apple Music updates. Like that's that's the next phase of where all this is going. Yes, agreed. Or would you be interested in buying an Apple, like an actual television that was Apple TV? Well, there were rumors. You mean from from Apple? Yeah, yeah. There were rumors yeah. a while ago that I mean, yeah, Gene Munster kept pushing that. Yeah, yeah. I think it never happened. <laughs> It's gonna be so, so expensive. TVs this was expensive. that was that big quote in the the uh, bio, this uh, Steve Jobs' biography right before he died. It right. Was right after he died, it was released, and he said to uh, was it uh, who who wrote? I don't remember who wrote the book. I just, it just it just escaped me. Uh, yeah, yeah, Walter Isaacson. Mm-hmm. It said he said I finally cracked the code or something like that. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was what eight ten years ago, and you know we still haven't seen. Whether and like what, what exactly he was referring to, first of all, mm-hmm. but there hasn't been any anything really to suggest that Apple is indeed working on a like a, like a, a, a 4K television. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if they did, like if Apple came out with a 4K 80 inch OLED TV, I would <laughs> buy one. In <laughs> well, the thing is with t- TVs, the margins are so small. Yeah. I mean, there was a recent article. I forget who who. Who who posted it? But it was a it was an interview with uh, some TV executive, and they talking about how they don't you know the TVs it's the services they're the, the TVs are now just this conduit f- for the services, yeah. so the margins on the TVs are really small, like six percent. It's like game consoles. And the, the margins yeah. on smartphones are are small, also unless you buy an iPhone. Apple so, has a way of of finding right. places to make money on hardware. But the, where, they're, where they're making the money is the stuff that's done on the TV. So they're collecting yeah. information of what sure. you're watching, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So it's it's a device where they're getting the data. So that's where Which they're making Apple the money. Doesn't they? they right, you know, and that's another thing. Apple yeah. says they don't they don't have a business plan where they make money that way. Give you an so. idea of how that works. Um, like the PS4, or uh, maybe it was the PS3. Yeah, Sony was actually losing money on the unit sales, but they made it up mm-hmm. on everything else. So that gives you an idea of how that works. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, that could be why we haven't seen a TV, a TV set from Apple, because they're not going to waste their time making a, a beautiful piece of hardware if they're not going to make 30% margins on right. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a Verge article talking to Vizio's uh, Bill Baxter, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put a link to that in, in the in well, our Vizio sells, you know, they sell yeah. super cheap stuff. Yeah. They sell like a 50 inch 4K TV for like 500 bucks. You yeah. know, it's pretty obvious they're not making money on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the future we're going to see more of the Apple TV app on 
third party TVs, and then they'll I, sell iTunes. It's a, it's an iTunes so, app, just to be clear. Not yeah. yeah. So and, and then they'll sell they'll sell the they'll continue to sell the device for people who don't have TVs that support it or whatever, and you know they'll sell like a dozen of those a year or something like that. But or more than the more than that. But you know that my point is the way they're going to get their services out there is by putting it on TVs. Well, interesting yeah. that you said that. You know, we're, we were kind of like hitting like the death of the Apple TV, and you said that it was. You know, it's important to note that it is an iTunes app, not an Apple TV app. What if the Apple mm-hmm. TV becomes the app? You know, that that's. I mean, sure, that would be the interface that, that they would have to partner with somebody, Sony or whoever, to to make that uh-huh. the interface. And there's a ton of them. There's Android TV. There's Roku. There's Fire TV. There's a bunch of those out there. And yeah, Apple. The, the the Apple TV interface is is nice and it would work well on on anything. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that maybe even when they announce that video service, mm-hmm. that we're teaming up with Sony or we're teaming up with whomever, mm-hmm. to you know to have Apple TV embedded into this TV set. Who do you think that they would partner with? Because a lot of these companies all have their own services, you know. Yeah. So it's like even TCL and you know partners with Roku. And Roku right. is right. now doing their own thing, right? It, w- it would be one of the higher end, like Sony or maybe Panasonic or something like that, where it would be, LG. you know, uh, yeah, yeah, LG too. It would be, uh, it would be higher end sets for sure. They're not going to sell, you know, they're not going to put it, they're going to slap their name on these, um, these junky uh, no deal uh, door, door busters. Right. Oh. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, but also, Air- so, a lot of TVs are coming out with AirPlay 2 support. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of HomeKit products that are being announced at CES. Um, I haven't been able to track, <laughs> keep it. Keep there, there's a, a surprising amount. Like every day, there's like another mm-hmm. three or four that said, yeah, we're going to make a HomeKit version of this or we're adding HomeKit to that. It's, I didn't expect all this to happen uh, this year yeah. or, 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 or rather this week. Yeah. I've always, you know, I, I admit I don't know about it because, you know, I, I just have a small apartment, so I don't get into the whole smart home thing. But, you know, I've always under, you know, I've never quite understood why it took so long for it to, to take on. And I admit I plead total ignorance on that. You know, the, why? The, well, the, the main reason is that before, I think, last year, it was a hardware thing because Apple's Apple. Yeah. So you had a you had a license, um, like basically get like a chip. Okay. That put it into your product mm-hmm. to have it work with um, HomeKit, and then uh, uh, by way of that Siri, mm-hmm. other things like Google Assistant and Alexa, it was just a, a software thing. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot easier to do, a lot cheaper to do. Mm-hmm. Apple removed that requirement. I want to say in 2017. Okay. And that's why now we're seeing more manufacturers say it doesn't just support Alexa. So everything was Alexa and Google Assistant because that was it was the easier, cheaper way to do it. Yeah. Now it's going to be all three. That makes sense. Okay. There were actual products that you had Alexa, Google Assistant, and a HomeKit version that was separate because they had to build it differently. Okay. They don't have to do that anymore. So Mike actually wrote an article and posted today about HomeKit. Uh, So, you know, it's great that HomeKit's uh, getting more usage and stuff, but there's still this thing about Siri. Yeah. So... And uh, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit, Mike? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, so when you say a product supports HomeKit, there's two ways of doing it. One is through the Home app, mm-hmm. which yeah. you can pick up your phone and it's it's a nice little interface. You see all your stuff. You can tap something to turn it on and turn it off or adjust it or whatever. But the the larger notion is 
using it through Siri, just like you do through an Echo with Alexa or through a Google Home with Google Assistant. You can say, I won't say because I don't want to turn it on in my office, but you can say, <laughs> blah, blah, turn on my lights and it'll work. Fine. All of that stuff is great. But once you commit to using one of these smart device, uh, <laughs> a smart assistants, you're, you're, you're agreeing to use it for a whole bunch of other different things. Mm -hmm. Alexa and Google Assistant do these things. They play games. They do all sorts of things. Siri really doesn't. It's very limited to what it can do even on HomePod. It does music. It does smart control. It does, you know, you can ask questions like who's the president and things like that. But when it comes to actually, you know, using it for things beyond that, Alexa has thousands of skills. Google Assistant has thousands of actions. Siri doesn't really have that. Yes. And that's where I think people are going to start to to realize that this thing, it doesn't just fall short in understanding or or answering. It's actually pretty good at that stuff. Mm -hmm. Where where I think it falls short is is in what we expect these assistants to do, which is, you know, really kind of be a home assistant and kind of like, you know, do what we do want stuff. them to do throughout the day. And shortcuts was meant to ease that yeah, way a little they, bit, but well, that's way too to. complicated. Yeah. It's crazy how complicated that is. Yeah. No one is going, no, no normal person is going to do that. If, if you buy, <laughs> yeah, right. It's not, it's not going to happen. I mean, I don't even know how many normal people Right. really kind of get that deep into Alexa skills. And that's easy. You just press a button and it installs shortcuts is a whole thing. You got to right. this, if this happens and that happens and this, and you got to test them out and it's just crazy. Yes. So when, when series shortcuts was announced, it, it reminded me of when automator wasn't sure. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. For the, iPhone, that, that's yeah. what it basically is. And yeah. everybody was uh, excited about automator, but the thing was, Automator is not very easy to use. It's not no, it's, not for your it's typical cool, person, it's... right? It's cool. It it works great, and it's easy once you're educated in how to use it. But you know, get like like you said, your mom get you know my father in law sit him down and say, here, make a Siri shortcut. He would just look at me and like go, what the, what do you yeah, want yeah. me to do? And I, you know what this it's supposed to happen is that apps are supposed to make app developers are supposed to make their own and then push them to people and then you install them and right. we'll see if that happens. What should have happened is Apple should have gotten all these app developers yes. together, made a library of them, give them to people. Let them use them for a year and then release shortcuts and say, look, now we've given you this awesome way to do it yourself. Yes. It's backwards. Yeah. And henceforth, it's just, it, I think it's too complex and, and complicated. And what I'd like to see, you know, is some kind of, you know, like you said, a library, but, you know, where you have high, highly voted ones, you know, and you yeah, know, people can totally. choose the ones that are yep. most exciting. And that's what Amazon has with the, with the skills. And that's what Google Assistant has with actions. You can yeah. see which ones people are using, you can test them out, you can install them, you can uninstall them, remove them. It's all very easy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Apple likes to do things their their own way. But um, in this in this instance, Amazon got it right. Yes. Well, I think in this instance also, it was kind of this thing where Apple was like looking at it and going, oh, we're, we're falling behind, we need to do something. So they sure. just pushed it out there. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, it's clear that they, the library, they gave it yeah. thought and they, you know, it, right, it works right. well. If you know what you're doing, it's it's a it's an amazing app. But it doesn't feel but, like Apple. It feels like something you expect from Windows it, well, or something. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't have that like super elegance and yes. ease of use that Apple's at that. But it is. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah. It, it it makes me more frustrated that Siri can't do these things without going to that. Because if this is what you're able to do. Siri is a lot more powerful than than we think it is. Mm -hmm. Right. 
It's totally true. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and give you an idea that shows that in a lot of ways you don't necessarily have to invade that piracy. Uh, privacy. A lot of the, you know, a yeah, lot of people are right. saying that, you know, Siri, you know, is not as powerful as the other ones because, you know, it doesn't, Apple doesn't allow access to the data. But, you know, with shortcuts, it's doing some pretty amazing things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, you know, Apple hasn't unlocked it in that way. And maybe that's why there isn't a library because they can't figure out a way to have like a central server of these things that beam to your devices without, you know, with or, or by still anonymizing the data or, or randomizing. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, the uh, the the shortcuts is is personal. It's on your device. It doesn't leave your device. And yeah, it's 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 good. It works well. It's just it's not for everyday people, which is eighty no. percent of the people who have a iPhone. Maybe probably more. There are about three that I use, three shortcuts that I use on regular basis, but they are very arcane things. They're not even mm -hmm. things that I would recommend to you. Like we, there's one that you know puts a frame of an iPhone around your screenshots. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I've yeah. seen that. And uh, that's from Vatici. Mac, Mac, Mac stories. Yeah, yeah Mac stories. Yeah. So it's one of, that is the most useful one I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> but that gives you an idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of Mac stories, of uh, uh, he came out with one yesterday. Uh -huh. That was, I mean, it's really cool. It collects all of your data. From from Apple Music and shows you all, what you listen to most in 2018. It is the most complex thing. I mean, it's amazing that he was able to do it and distribute it. Yes. But nobody would <laughs> a have the patience or b have the wherewithal to to sit and make this. They might want to. They're never going to do it. Can you imagine your mom. So kudos to kudos to, to Vitici for doing it. But right. <laughs> if that's what it takes to get these things to work well, that's crazy. Yes, it is. Yeah. So. Not to mention, he's like a like a, a workflow expert. Yes, right. exactly. Right. Yeah, and that, that's yeah, that's a th this is not like your mom sitting no. down and figuring this out. He, not at he all. was using this stuff before it was shortcuts. I mean, he he yeah. he uh, eats, sleeps, and breathes this stuff. Yes. Yeah. So while it's it's it can be difficult to build your own Siri shortcuts, you know, it, it's not so difficult as building your own Bose Bluetooth headphones. There we go. That is very true. Mm. Especially if you have the Bose build. Bluetooth headphones, which somebody, a lucky person, has, yes. is getting a new pair. Uh, Leif, can you? We have. We're you having get, a you giveaway. Get that transition for free too. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations, Richard from Arizona. Woo! You are the proud new owner, or your kid is, of a, a pair of Bose build headphones. Yes. Yes. So we started a giveaway last year, yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, of uh, some Bose build Bluetooth headphones so, uh, for people to enter. Uh, there's also a review by Dan Masuoka. That's me. He he uh, reviewed them and tried them out and built a pair. And uh, but we also had a pair to give away. So we uh, we're, so we're giving them away to Richard from Arizona. Hope you enjoy those. So we'll be in touch with Richard to get his contact information to get him. Check your check phone. your spam. Yeah, check your spam. Yes. <laughs> Be sure to check your spam. So we had an iPhone that, like, we had stuck for like two months because the people weren't weren't picking it up. Yeah. So yeah, you, you could be, you know, keep in mind. Yeah. Surprisingly, release there. Maybe they just didn't want it, right? <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, it was harder to give away the stuff that we thought. So yes, right. maybe they did. Maybe they were getting your emails. They just said, nah. <laughs> no problem entering. I like my home button. Uh, before we wrap up, there were some questions on. Uh, uh, on social and one of them is just like you know kind of just like some pre light predictions on 2019 mm -hmm. uh and tell me on youtube was asking 
if you foresee any like additional haptic features coming to the iPhone X or 10R uh, in this coming year. You mean like 3D touch? Yeah, and or you know potentially developing something a little bit different mm-hmm. since it doesn't quite have some of the built-in features, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I don't know. I would my, my my gut says the 10R, the 10RS or two, whatever they're going to call it, is going to be pretty much the same as this one with a better processor, yeah. slightly better camera, because that was the first model of it. So the, the way Apple usually does it is it's a it's an S. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a huge upgrade. I mean, I think those things cost money. I think the way they 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 make it with the LCD and the design, I think that you know they were choices not made because um, of something they didn't want to do. It was made because of because of price and because of design and engineering. Mm-hmm. So I I doubt that'll change. But what what I would like to see is develop some kind of a software solution to 3D touch, which they could do, and a, a lot of phones do have. So I, I don't know if it would affect the haptic, but it might affect the functionality. Yeah, the m- more interesting touch stuff, you know, as I'm like, you know, it has nothing to do with the iPhone. You know, it has to do with like whatever those, you know, if they do their headphones or updated AirPods and stuff. I could see some yeah, sure. stuff on that. But yeah, I, I think I think music and video will be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, I think headphones. I think we'll get new AirPods too. I think AirPlay or what is it called? Air Power. Mm-hmm. Air Power. I think that will make an appearance at some point. Mm-hmm. I think the iPhones are going to be, you know, nothing. I don't think Apple is going to swing for the fences and say, okay, now we have to redesign the iPhone again and come out with all this stuff. I think it's going to be, a, you know, just another simple, you know, relatively minor upgrade to the iPhone. Same thing with the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. I think the Mac will see some, you know, definitely that uh, at least a peek at that new Mac Pro that they keep talking about. Right. I think there may be even a, a MacBook Pro redesign. We'll see with a new keyboard and a new design. Mm-hmm. But um, I, what I don't want to see is Tim Cook or anyone else panic. Yes. And say, okay, now we have to we have to uh, uh, come out with something in six months. Mm-hmm. Work on something. Take your time. If it takes to 2020, 2021, whatever it is, but don't rush something because that's a disaster. Yes. Yeah. And- yeah, and especially for Apple. Apple should not rush yeah. So, it, yeah. Hey, I don't think we ever heard Leif's uh, uh, New Year's resolution. He was well, talking I, about his hair, but I don't. I don't think that's a resolution. I snuck it in there. I just said uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to write more. So okay, oh, all right. Yes, yeah, so I want to be like Mike because that kid writes so much. That's yes, a, that's, yeah. good, that's a good resolution. Yeah, write as much as Mike. Yes, Is that, that's a resolution. I'm not gonna read. I'm not gonna make that one. But yeah, I'll write more. Yes. <laughs> Because it was funny, like on Sunday he sent something in. I was like, "Good God!" Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't emulate me. I'm, I'm insane. <laughs> but yes, I will also try to lose weight. So, so I think that just about does it for this week's episode of the MacWorld Podcast, episode six hundred and thirty-five. Wow! So, I'd like to thank uh, Mike Simon on the remote. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thanks to Life Johnson. Thank you. Thanks to Dan, our producer. You're welcome. I'd like to thank you, the audience. Thanks for joining us. Join us next week. Uh, We usually broadcast live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. So check our website uh, for any details. We'll come up with topics and post those on the website as well. So anyways, thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye-bye.